All right. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Stephen Michael Miller. Uh, sorry I'm a couple minutes late here this morning, just getting things started, and and uh, was making that the final post here on our website, on the Tribe page, for everyone to jump on. Today, we're going to be talking about the four um, disciplines of execution. This is a book that was written by uh, Chris Mc- uh, McChesney, Sean Covey, and Jim Hewling. Uh, just a phenomenal book. I'm going to go into a few things about this today. Actually, I, this book was introduced to me uh, just a little while ago by Wileen Benson, and I've, I've loved it. And I thought, man, there are some amazing things in here that we need to talk about. And, and not that we haven't talked about goal achieving and goal setting before, but there are some amazing things that we're going to dive into that uh, I think are, are beneficial. And as you're looking at the different goals that you want to accomplish, these are some things that you'll probably want to begin to implement as uh, as you're moving forward. So we're going to dive into that here in just a little bit. Before I do, I want to um, make sure I cover a, a few housekeeping items. We've got Limitless coming up this week, uh, so it doesn't start tomorrow, but Wednesday is uh, is the big kickoff. This is going to be our last Limitless before our big October 7th event. So if you have anybody who wants to participate in October 7th, you've been hearing uh, a lot of different things that have, that have kind of been whispering around, I'm sure, about what's going to be released on October 7th. And uh, I'll tell you this is something that if you believe in belief breakthrough and you want to help others to have belief breakthrough in their life and you want to give them a leg up, you want to help them understand how they can have more powerful breakthrough even uh, uh, more more beneficial and more lasting breakthrough, then you're going to want to be there with us on October 7th. And as a matter of fact, you're going to want to have all of your friends with us there as well. And one of the greatest precursors for that will be them attending Limitless. So this is our last Limitless before that event. Again, it's this week, uh, this this Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And uh, I'm just I'm I'm really excited about what we're going to be doing. So make sure you're there and uh, ready, to, ready to participate and go all out. It's going to be awesome. Um, so we've got those two events, October 7th and then, of course, Limitless this week. Um, we've got a lot of other things that are coming up. Make sure that you check in with LimitlessMentor.com. Go onto the calendar. See all of the different events that are coming up. We'd love to have you participate. Uh, just by way of announcement, for those that weren't able to make it, we had an awesome uh, wealth intensive this last weekend. Uh, it was it was a tremendous event, uh, Friday and Saturday, and had a great group of people there. I uh, just wanted to say thank you for all those that came and, and participated. It was truly a wonderful event, and I, I, I love doing the Wealth Intensive and helping people to make new connections in in their mind about how they can move forward and create more financial abundance. And uh, we had a great, great time there. Uh, be looking out for, for the next one of those coming up here in the next few months. I would love to have all of you out there and participating as well. So I want to dive in. And, and again, this call is all about uh, it's, it's about execution. How do we execute on the goals that we set? Um, so often we hit the beginning of the year, and you know, it's, it's New Year's Day or you know, maybe the day after New Year's after we've kind of settled down from our, our celebrations. And, uh, and we start to think, okay, well, I want to, I want to make this year the very best year that I've ever had. I just want you to think for a second. How many of you here that are on the phone call have ever thought that to yourself? This year is going to be my greatest year ever. And, and then months start to, you know, days roll into weeks that roll into months and so on and so forth, and you find yourself in the, at the end of September. <laughs> this is where we are right now, right? We're at the end of September. 
and I imagine that if you go back, uh, again, uh, you probably wrote your goals down somewhere. And so I want you just to think about the goals that you wrote down. What were they? How, how much closer are you to achieving your goals? Did you achieve all of your goals? Or did you find yourself kind of in a little bit of a, a space of having so much to, to do and so many things going on that you weren't quite sure where to start or you started all of them and certain things maybe took a back seat to some other things? I mean, it, this happens, right? This is very, very normal. And the, the goal here is obviously when we get to that situation let's, is not to get down, but let's, let's do a, an evaluation and revamp. And before I jump into the four disciplines of execution and, and what they talk about in that book, which is truly tremendous, I'm really excited to, get, to dive into it with you today, I wanted to hit on a couple other things. First of all, um, most of us find ourselves in, in a space of um, you know, a different types of action. There, there is um, inactive action, there's active action, and then there's productive action. And each of these different types of action are, are different, and, and we show up differently in these different types of action. So I want to talk about these for just a moment. And I, I, you know, I don't know why. I, lately I feel like I've been using exercise as, as kind of the common theme, and it's probably just because I've, I've gotten back into it. Beginning of this year I, I made some goals, and, and uh, I'm, I'm reaching those goals, which I'm really excited about and, um, in terms of exercise and feeling better and getting healthy. And um, so it's probably just top of mind for me. I, as a matter of fact, I was at the gym this morning, uh, ran five miles and, and you know, did some weight training and, and really just been really excited about what I've been able to accomplish here. But in terms of action, I want to talk about what this looks like because there's, first of all, I mentioned inactive action. And if you've ever been in a state of inactive action, and you can probably relate to this, and inactive action is where a lot of our limiting beliefs show up and we buy into them. And let me put it in terms of, of, of exercise for a moment, right? You make that New Year's resolution. You tell yourself, I'm going to hit the gym every day, and I'm going to eat healthy, and you know, I'm going to cut out sugar from my diet, or you know, whatever you decide. There's all sorts of different things. Maybe you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on Atkins, or I'm going to do the, the, um, the key, you know, keto diet, or I'm going to do you know, paleo. I, I mean, there's all sorts of different options out there. So you go and you do some research, and you decide what you're going to do, and then you say, okay, I'm going to do this. But before you even start, before you really jump into it, your, your mind you know, sets, sets off on its own path. You know? <laughs> our brains are wonderful, wonderful things. And uh, you know, a lot of what our brains do, though, is to help protect us from bad experience. Maybe we've experienced something bad before, and it wants to save us from that heartache or from that pain that we experienced before. And so our brain goes to work and says, now hold on a second. Are you sure you want to do this? Is this really what you want? I mean, don't you want to eat, you know, all the desserts that you like? And don't you, don't you rather enjoy sitting on your butt, you know, watching your favorite, you know, TV show or binge watching on Netflix? Or isn't that really what you like? You feel cozy when you're doing that. You can cuddle up in bed. And, man, the last couple of days have been, uh, you know, but we're, we're, you know, obviously if this is, if this is January 1st, and you can say you, you're, you're still in kind of holiday mode, are you sure you really want to jump into this now? It's still cold, you know, if you're here in Utah anyway. It's still freezing cold. We're in the throes of winter. We've still got several months of winter left. Are you sure you want to start this now? 
And so inactive action shows up, and what that looks like is you not really taking any action. You talk yourself out of it. Your limiting beliefs stop you from moving forward. And you find yourself in this funk where you wanted to do it, you got excited for a minute, you know, or for even a few minutes you got excited. You maybe even told someone you're going to do it or you're thinking about doing it. You, you know, usually inactive action, inactive action, you're not quite committing yet. You, maybe, you might talk about it with a friend, a really close friend, but you're not going to commit to yourself yet, nor are you going to commit to them. In other words, you're just going to say, well, yeah, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm not quite sure if I really want to yet. You give yourself that out, right, that caveat. I'm not sure if I really want to do this or not. I'm just kind of thinking about it. I'm throwing it around. And what happens from that space is it, it remains in, in this idea of just being thrown around. You never actually take it into proper action. And so you fail before you start, meaning you, know, you don't do anything towards it. You talk yourself out of it. Those limiting beliefs creep up, and they take full weight and measure into what's actually going to happen. And this happens to a lot, of, a lot of us. We find ourselves in this active action, or excuse me, inactive action. And uh, that's the place where, you know, this is, this is where belief breakthrough can really come in handy in the beginning in helping us to get past that inaction or that inactive action and to move to the next, the next step. And hopefully to move past the next step into the final step, which we'll get to. But, you know, let's talk about the next step where, a lot of people then find themselves after they decide to get out of inactive action, which is active action. And active action is just that. You get active. You start doing things that would appear to be getting you further towards your goal. It would seem that way. And oftentimes we look at this, and this is where we begin to lie to ourselves a little bit or deceive ourselves in what we're actually doing. And I'll, I'll describe what I mean by this. You know, in active action, you'll make the decision and you'll, I'm going to say, I'm going to put commit in quotes, air quotes, right? You'll quote, unquote, commit that you're going to move forward and do something. And so you, you get onto fabletics.com, you know, or you go to your favorite sports store, you know, you go to Sports Authority or, or Dick's Sporting Goods or the mall or wherever you go, get online at Amazon, and you purchase the running shoes and you purchase the workout clothes, and you get all decked out. You get your blender bottles you know, and everything that you need. Maybe you even join a, a network marketing company. You know, you've got all sorts of network marketing companies. You know, you've got uh, um, Isagenics and, and uh, Level, Level or Level, I'm not very Thrive, you know, all that. You've got, um, what are some other, you know, health ones? Melaleuca or, you know, I think they all, all of them start to throw in, the, it looks like these, or it seems like some great shakes. These are all wonderful products. So you join the company, you tell yourself, man, I'm going to, I'm going to do this this time for real because I'm, I'm committed, right? I'm, I'm, I'm making all these purchases, I'm putting the money into it, and I'm ready to go. And so you start to move forward. You start to, it seems like you're doing some stuff. You even get the gym membership, and, uh, you know, first day you wake up, you're all excited, you get out to the gym, you, you throw on your brand new outfit, you get out to the gym, you know, they swipe your card, you come in, and you're, they're all greeting you, and you're all excited because, man, this is, this is your new lifestyle. You're going to hit it. You jump on the treadmill, and you start, you start your process. You know, and it's, it's been a while. You're, you're, you're jumping into something a little bit new, so this is a little uncomfortable for you, but you're acting. You're taking action here. And then you do, you know, you do what a lot of people do is they're at the gym, and you, you see a good friend that you haven't seen in 
you know, a long time. And so you go over to your friend, you push pause on the treadmill, get off for a minute, go over to your friend and say, hey, how you doing? And you, you chat it up for 10 or 15 minutes or so. And, Man, it's so good to see you. you. Get back on the treadmill, hit start again, and you start going again. And then you see another friend. You jump off the treadmill. You go over to them. Oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, fantastic. Good to see you. How are the kids? Oh, everything's great. And, and you do this a couple, three, four times. You jump off the treadmill after, after your hour, hour and a half now at the gym. And, and uh, you, you go, you know, stop on the way out. You stop at the, at the smoothie stand there, you know, and you, you grab a protein drink. And uh, you drink down your protein drink because, of course, that's what you do when you exercise, right? You've got to have your protein. And, uh, and you go home. And this repeats itself, this cycle, you know. This repeats itself over and over and over again. And after 30 days, you, you step on the scale and you're like, how in the world did I gain three pounds? How did I gain three pounds? I went to the gym every single day. I'm drinking my protein drink, <laughs> you know. And... and but you were really only engaged in active action. You were doing the motions of what seemed like should be right, but you were only going through the motions. You weren't actually out there to break the sweat. You weren't really cutting the calories. As a matter of fact, you're probably eating more calories because of those protein drinks that weren't really going to use because you weren't doing the proper exercise for it. So you're kind of going through the motions and doing the things, looking the part, yet never really getting proper traction. And this is called active action. Sorry about that. So, that's, so this is active action. So uh, what we want to do is we want to get to a point where we're outside of this active action, and instead of just doing the activities, just going through the motions, we want to make sure that we're getting traction. And active action looks completely different, or productive action, excuse me, which is the next step, looks completely different than active action. Because in productive action, you're doing everything necessary. You're going to the gym, and, and it's not that you don't talk to people at the gym. I mean, you can still do those things, but you're going to the gym with the purpose, with a goal. And that goal is all that matters. And so you're hitting, you're hitting the treadmill, and you're getting your heart rate up like crazy, and, and you're feeling like it it's hurt, hurts. I mean, if you've ever been on the treadmill feeling like your lungs are going to you know, jump out of your chest, you know, you know what I'm talking about. That's hitting it hard. The sweat's pouring, and you're putting the work in. You're hitting the weights, and you're doing these different things. And then, you know, then you're doing some research. Is that protein drink really going to help me? Is it a low-calorie protein drink, you know? Am I lowering my calorie intake? Am I increasing my, my calories expended? And if that's happening, over time, you will see, you will see the scale move in the proper direction. You'll, you'll, you'll find yourself actually achieving and hitting your goals. But it only happens in productive action. And the problem with, with active action is it looks like commitment. But active action is more like a, a percentage of commitment. You may even be 98 or 99% committed. And if that's the case, you're still finding yourself in active action because productive action is only found with 100% commitment. That's the only place where true production begins to happen, the production of the sort that you really want to see, where the results are going to show. And I want to talk about this for a quick second before I dive in now uh, to, to the second part of this, which is the you know, execution. How do we d- discipline ourselves to execute these different goals that we set? And regardless of, you know, if we're finding ourselves right now in the end of September, 
and we're looking back on the goals that we created, and if we're not there yet, if, we, if we've kind of gotten off track, how do we get back on track and, and create a, a new game plan to begin achieving those, those goals? So commitment. I want to talk about this commitment real quick, though, because commitment is only ever 100%. Commitment denotes 100%. If you're 98% committed or 99% committed, you're actually only interested. You're not really committed yet. Because committed, that only happens at 100%. And so if you're not 100% committed, I mean, can you imagine this? Just think for a moment. If you're married or if you're ever planning on getting married or, you know, or whatever, just, or if you know someone who's ever been married, <laughs> think about this scenario. Imagine that you're going, or someone that you know is going to ask their, their future spouse, hopefully, right, to marry them. And imagine this for a second. Imagine if I would have gone to ask my wife to marry me, I would have knelt down on one knee, pulled out the ring that I bought for her. And if I would have said, sweetheart, I am 99% committed to you. Will you marry me? I mean, just imagine for a moment what that looks like, you know, what that would be. Imagine how you would feel if you were in that situation where someone asked you and told you, you know, I'm 99% committed. I love you. I'm 99% committed to you. Will you marry me? What would go through your mind? I can imagine in that space, if I was on the receiving end of that, I'd probably imagine myself, I'd, you know, that, that I would think, are you joking? Like, is, is that a joke? You're 99% committed? Who are you committed to on the other 1%? You know, who is this other person that's in a relationship? I don't, I don't want that. I'm looking for a full 100% commitment. This is what I'm looking for. Uh, that probably would have been my thought process. You know, and if I would have done that to my wife-to-be, I can imagine, and I, probably, and I wouldn't have blamed her, I could imagine her wanting to smack me across the face. How dare you? <laughs> you know, that's an insult. How dare you come to me like that? No, I, I, you know, we're looking for a full and complete commitment. And so let me ask you a question. How committed are you to your goals really? Or are you committed at all? Or are you just 99% interested? Again, 99% isn't fully committed. That, that, that 1% and even a fraction of a percent is a massive space that has to be overcome. And that's a massive difference between full commitment and just being interested. So if you want to create true results, you have to be 100% committed. Now, I want to be sure that you understand that 100% commitment doesn't mean that you won't falter. It doesn't mean that you won't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that you won't fail. Actually, it means that you probably still will. And not probably, you will fail. That's part of the process. There will be little moments of failure riddled throughout the entire process. And as you, as you fail and then learn, because you're committed, then you will learn from those failures and you will move forward. Those failures will actually give you strength. They'll give you information that you can now take to implement to see greater and greater and greater success. It, it begins to then grow incrementally. And that incremental growth brings about reaching the goals that you're, that you're, you're set out to reach. So, again, the question that I want you to ask yourself is, am I, am I finding myself right now in inactive action? Meaning, am I, am I keeping myself from even trying, first off? And if I'm keeping myself from even trying this big goal that I want to accomplish, 
then I need, then, then I need belief breakthrough. I, mean, I, I need a mentor. Maybe you need somebody, somebody to step in and help you. And there are a lot of people that are willing to do that. I know that as I work with the people that I mentor, it's, it's a wonderful experience to see them identify those limiting beliefs and then completely blow past them. Make those massive shifts and, and, and do things differently. It's so amazing to watch that, to see that happen. So if you find yourself stuck before you're even taking any action, then, then hire a mentor. Get someone to work with you. Um, read. Gain more information and knowledge. That is, that is often something that holds people back as well, just not knowing enough. And so learn, grow, expand, continue to jump on these calls and, and, and you know, read the books that we talk about all the time. Get those, you know, put them on Audible. Pick it up from the, from the library, you know. Uh, there are so many resources of things and, and ways that you can digest and get this information. So start today and get it. Because again, the goal is to get out of act, inactive action, get into a more active action, which hopefully, you know, again, I, my, my preference is to skip right into productive action, to choose to commit 100% fully to what it is that you want to accomplish. Because when you commit, when you fully commit, you reach. When you fully commit, then you reach with all that you have after your goal. And when you fully are reaching with all that you have after your goal, even in spite of the temporary defeats and failures that, will fa- that you'll face, you will, you will succeed. You will move forward and you will eventually succeed. So I want to talk about a little bit of how to do that. And again, this is, this is where I want to get into the four disciplines of execution. And uh, this is all about achieving those, those huge goals, those things that you've, been, that you've been working on or you've been wanting to work on uh, for a long time. And there are, you know, so I want to I touch on these four disciplines. And the first one is focus on the wildly important. And they say that on, por- on purpose. Focus on the wildly important. So I want you to think for just a moment right now, what is wildly important to you? Like, what is the most important thing for you? I'm clear that most people know everything that they don't want, but when it really comes to what they actually want, they're really, you know, they're, they're, not, as, uh, they're not as clear about that. There's, there's more haze. There's more fuzziness to that. They know what they don't want, and we can all list off all the many things that we don't want, right? We don't want to get cancer. Or we don't want to, you know, to be unhealthy. Um, we, we don't want to be poor anymore. We don't want, you know, we know all those things. We can list those things off for all, you know, all day long all the things that we don't want. We don't want a broken relationship. We don't want, you know, I don't want mosquitoes biting me. <laughs> you know? We know what we don't want. But how, how many of us know what we really, really, really want? How many of you really have a clear understanding of what it is that you can't, that, that you, you just, you want to get after so desperately? It's just part of who you are and you want it. It's of utmost importance to you. And you want to focus on what is wildly important. So you, we may, you, we, as you start to identify what you want, you'll probably have a long list that will start to grow and grow and grow. But the key is to focus on what is wildly important to you. So basically, the more that you try to do, the less you actually 
are going to accomplish. If you if you are you know going after fifteen or twenty or thirty different goals at the same time, um, it, there's there's a stark inescapable principle uh, that that we all have to live with. That if if you're focused on too many things, just dividing your attention too much, you can get to a point where you begin to not really accomplish anything, or everything is only moving forward at a small, like minuscule way that it's not really making the progress that you're looking for. So, the problem I think for most of us is we oftentimes we forget this. You know, we want to we want to multitask, and you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people that teach. You know, all these do all these different things, and and it's not to say that you can't have you know five, six, seven things going on at once. But when we're talking about this goal setting and goal achieving, for a space of time, there are moments in that that you want to focus, just unalterably focus on the one thing or the one or two things. And I call this, I call this, um, uh, oh man, it just jumped, okay, it's going to jump back into my mind here right now. Uh, I call this obsessive harmony or harmonious obsession. So many people talk about the word balance and say, hey, we need to have balance in our lives. And I I understand what they're saying, but I don't really believe in balance. I believe in harmonious obsession. I believe that in given times, you need to focus like nothing else on the one or two things that you're working on that are the wildly important goals. And as you obsess over those things, then they will be accomplished. And, And this is what it talks about and the four disciplines of execution is, number one, focusing on what is wildly important. Focus is a natural principle for us, right? If you look at the sun, and they talk about this in the book, if you look at the sun and how the sun works, the sun scatters its rays all over the place, right? The sun will will light up the entire world, uh, you know, at different times. Uh, But but right now, you know, the sun is, is, is risen here where I am in Orem, Utah, and it, it covers miles and miles and miles all over. You know, this is just an amazing expansive area that the, sun, that the sun can cover with its rays. But those rays are too scattered and too unfocused to, to, to light a fire, uh, light a proper fire. Yet if you focus those rays, you know, if you take a magnifying glass and you focus those, those rays on a, on a piece of paper or a piece of wood, then you can bring it to flame in seconds, like almost, almost immediately you can light that on fire because you're taking all of that, that energy and you're focusing it on one point. And the same is true of human beings. If we, if we take our collective energy and we focus it on a specific challenge, then there is little to nothing that we can't accomplish. In other words, we can and will begin to accomplish those things that are wildly important to us. I remember specifically once, you know, and I, I think I told this story before, but when I was growing up, growing up poor like we, like we were, um, there was a time that came where my father needed a surgery. The doctor had told him if he didn't get this specific surgery that he would probably die in a couple of years. And so he had a time frame. He had a timetable, and time was ticking. And my father meant the world to us. All of a sudden, our energy got focused onto one specific area. And although in my, in, as a kid... We had never made very much money as a family. My father never earned well. Neither did my mother, for that matter. Um, we, need, we felt the huge burning need to get my father this surgery. The surgery was going to cost, I think it was somewhere in the fifteen to $20,000 range. 
And we barely made more than that in a year as a family. So looking at the scenario, knowing that we had to get this for my father and provide this for my father, he needed the surgery sooner rather than later, um, we went to work. We focused all of our energy, all of our attention on making this happen. This is different than anything we had ever done before because usually we, had, we were you know, running in this conversation of, oh, we don't have enough money so we can't afford it. We can't make it happen. This just can't happen. Sorry, no, no, no. So if anything had to do with money, the answer was always no, we can't afford it. But here we were, we were in a situation where we were almost you know, backed into a corner and we had to pull out the magnifying glass. We had to look at this. And not only did we have to, but there was a life on the line and a life of someone that we loved. So we pulled out that magnifying glass and we took a look at it. We had the difficult, you know, we thought about difficult things and had the difficult conversations and how are we going to do this? This needs to happen. What can we do? And friends and family and other people and asked, you know, is there anything that you can suggest that we could do? Because we were in a world where it was always about, no, we can't. And for, for the first time in our lives, we had to say, yes, we can. And, and there is a way, and what is that way? We began to ask different questions, focusing our energies on this wildly important goal. And because we focused our energy on this wildly important goal, we began to do things that we had never done before. And I will tell you, I don't remember the exact time frame, but I believe it was like within a couple months, we had raised, earned, you know, created the the money that my father needed for his surgery. And he lived further, much further, many, many more years past what the doctors had told him. So focus. We've got to focus on that wildly important goal. So I want you to think to yourselves for a minute. Out of all those different things that you want in your life, that you want to accomplish, that you want to do, what are the top, what's the top one or maybe the top two most important things for you? What are those wildly important goals? And then we're going to, we're going to act towards those. Wild, we're going to focus on them, and, and which brings us to the second step, or the second discipline, which is act on lead measures. Now, I want to describe what I mean by this. Okay? Um, th- this is really a, a discipline of leverage. And it's based on a principle that all actions are not created equal, right? Everything that we do isn't equal to everything that we could be doing, right? Some actions have more impact than others when we're talking about reaching for a goal. So it's, it's those actions that we really want to identify and act on so that we can reach our goal. I want to talk about two different types of measures here for just a second because it doesn't matter what, what, what you're pursuing. It doesn't matter what strategy you're going to use to pursue it. Your progress and your success are going to be based on two kinds of measures, lag measures, and lead measures. Now, again, the discipline is act on lead measures, but I want to help you understand what these two are, okay? So um, lag measures, if we're talking about, again, exercise, then your lag measures, if, ex- if your goal is to hit a certain weight, then your lag measure may be to lose X amount of pounds a month. That may be your lag measure. In other words, your lag, it, it, it's, it's lag or it's behind the reporting of it is behind whatever your action was, right? Because if you lose the weight, what is the action that got you towards losing the weight? And those are what your lead measures are. So you want to focus not on, um, not on the losing the weight each week, but on what you can do to lose the weight each week. In other words, your lead measures are, are, are a lot different than your lag measures in that they are the most high-impact things 
that you can do to reach the goal. In essence, your, your lead measure in this example, again, of losing weight would be lowering your calorie intake and, you know, or how many calories you take in every day or every week or how many calories you burn every day or every week. Right? Those are lead measures, and those are things that you can control. So you focus, you focus and you act. You focus on your wildly important goal, and you act. Your daily actions are on those lead measures, those things that are actually going to bring you towards that goal. In other words, the productive action, right, that I mentioned earlier, instead of finding yourself in just the active action, you need to find yourself in the productive action. Um, uh, so a, a good lead measure has two basic char- characteristics, uh, characteristics. Excuse me, um, It's predictive. In other words, you know that if you do these certain things that you should be achieving the goal. Um, so it's, it's predictive, and it can be influenced. So if you're not working on this goal alone, it can be influenced by other people that are helping you to work on this goal. And some of these goals are going to be done by yourself, but some of your wildly important goals, most of your huge, wildly important goals are going to be it's not going to be just you alone. Oh, I just want you to think about that for a moment. Oftentimes we think that we're alone in, in our goals. We think that we're alone in what we have to do to achieve these goals. But the reality in my world is that most of my huge goals are not just about me. They're going to take other people helping and other people working on it with me. And I get to enroll those people. So, so again, they're predictive and they're, they can be influenced by people around. They can be improved upon. Um, so, uh, so just those, those two things are really important, um, which leads us here to the third discipline, which is keep a compelling scoreboard. You've probably heard this before, but what you track increases, right? And what you don't track doesn't. So if you want to reach your goal, if you want to improve and increase wherever you're looking to increase, which is what these wildly important goals are for, then you need to keep a compelling scoreboard. And the reality is as people – People play games differently when they're keeping score. You've probably seen this, right? If you, if you go to do a, a pickup game of basketball and it's just for fun, then people don't care as much, right? If, that, if, if, they're, if everyone's, everyone's just kind of shooting around and, you know, they're, they're having a good time, once you say, okay, let's start keeping score, all of a sudden the play gets real. I mean, I used to, I used to see this in, in – in, uh, I, I love to play ping pong. And uh, growing up we had, a, we had a ping pong table, and uh, I loved playing ping pong. A lot of fun. I, I, uh, I, I never felt like I was amazing at it. My, my siblings often would, you know, wipe the floor with me. But I enjoyed playing. And, you know, we'd, we'd play, you know, we'd, we'd start off usually just kind of tossing the ball around with the paddles, you know, just doing our little thing. And once, once someone said, okay, kind of let's, let's start keeping score, then it got real. It's like, it's like the hat got turned backwards. You know, you roll up your sleeves. You took your stance. <laughs> And it went from this, like, playful game, all of a sudden it got serious and it got real. And uh, you were, you know, your eyes, you know, honed in you like an eagle now. Instead of just kind of nonchalantly playing, all of a sudden you were in it to win it. And so this idea of keeping a compelling scoreboard is important because things change as you keep score. You get more serious about it as you keep score. And... um and that, that, that changes the way that you show up to act. So, so that scoreboard has to be your idea. It has to be something that, that, that you can do 
that uh, it says compelling because it has to be something that you want to do. This can be a scoreboard that you create. You know, that you, maybe you've got on your vision board, you, you post a scoreboard that you've created. It's, maybe it's colorful for you. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a spreadsheet on a computer where you can keep track of, of your daily lead measures. Right? But if you've narrowed your focus to your wildly important goals with, with a lag measure, of course, you're going to be focusing though on the lead measures in, in step two. If you determine those critical lead measures that will keep you on course towards your goal, um, then you have, the elements that, uh, you have the elements for a winnable game, a winnable goal, something that's achievable. And so the next step is just to capture that, that goal or that game on a simple but compelling kind of scoreboard, right? This is um, the kind of scoreboard that will, that will drive the highest levels of engagement with you, with, uh, with you, and if you're working with a team, then with all of them. Right? So this is something that, that may not be solely designed for you, but maybe it will be, but for you and often for the other players of, of, of this game, right? other people that are contributing to this goal. And what does that look like? All right, this, this scoreboard is a lot different from you know, maybe some complex scoring measures or some complex you know, reporting that you're used to. This, this needs to be simple, easy to see, are you winning or are you losing? Because it matters. If the scoreboard isn't clear, if you don't know whether or not you're getting closer to your goal, if you're winning your goal, if you're achieving your goal, chances are you're going to stop playing, and then you will lose. Right? So this has to be a compelling scoreboard. Which leads us to then number four, which is creating a cadence of accountability. And this is where execution really happens. So we've got the other things. We've got our wildly important goal. We've got our acting. We act on the lead measures. We keep a compelling scoreboard. But creating this cadence of accountability is where the execution really happens. Okay? Um, it, it, this, is, this is based on the principle of accountability. This is what we're talking about that unless we consistently hold each other accountable, the goal naturally is going to disintegrate. Right? It's going to just, it, it goes away. This, this happens all the time. As a matter of fact, I want you to think about it for a moment. You know, how, often, how often have you, if you've got kids, um, or if you ever were a kid, have you ever uh, been in a situation where, excuse me, where you asked your kids to do a chore, and then you left the room? And you came back hours later, and the chore wasn't completed yet. And there was maybe no real defined time frame for it. You said, hey, I need you to get this done. And you came back at the very end of the day, and it still wasn't done. All right, this, is, this is normal. It's because there was no cadence of accountability. Um, if, if you had gone to your child and said, hey, um, I want you to clean this, this room, you know, or I want you to clean your room and make your bed, and you've got, um, you've got an hour to do it. And in order to clean this room in an hour, I'm going to check up on you every 10 minutes to see your progress. I want to see what you've been able to do. And what are you going to need to do to clean this up? Well, I need to you know, pick up my clothes. I, you know, I need to make my bed. I need to you know, dust and vacuum or whatever. You say, great, you know, what, what do you want to do? You know, what are the specific things you want to do each 10 minutes to do those things? And then they, they can map out these, these lead measures of the things that they need to be doing in order to accomplish their goal. They map it out. And if you set up that cadence of accountability and you were to go back and check in on them every 10 minutes, chances are they would get that room cleaned. Now, if you didn't create that cadence of accountability and you just, again, came to them at the end of the day or at the end of that hour 
and said, okay, where are you? Chances are their room is not going to be clean. Right? Because there's no accountability there. We need accountability. We, we actually crave, as much as we, we think we don't, we crave accountability. If it's really important to us, if it's truly important to us, these are things that we want to be doing all the time. And we don't want life to just get in our way to thwart us from it. So we want to have that, that accountability. We want someone that will step, stick, stick up for us, step in for us, help us, and, and keep us on the path, keep us towards getting what it is that we're looking for, keep us towards that goal. And that accountability is, is, is crucial. So, so there you have it. I mean, this is, again, we're talking about achieving goals and how to do it. And hopefully you've had a chance to take some notes today. If not, absolutely go and pick up the book, The Four Disciplines of Execution. Uh, this is kind of what the second half of this call has been all about. Um, the first one, again, is focusing on your wildly important goal. Number two, or discipline number two, act on the lead measures. Number three, keep a compelling scoreboard. And then number four, create a cadence of accountability. Now, that cadence may be a daily accountability. Maybe it's a weekly. But usually it's, it's more frequent than not, right? We, we are creatures of habit and oftentimes going towards, leading towards going back into some old habits that may not be serving us. So creating that cadence of accountability is all about getting into a space where where we are, we are keeping ourselves to what we, it is that we truly want and having someone else Help us, help us and hold us to what it is that we truly want so that when those things come up, when, when the, the obstacles arise, we can actually push forward, push past them, and achieve and accomplish our goal. So that's, that's what I wanted to cover today. What I want to do right now for the next just couple minutes, um, if we've got any comments, questions, uh, ideas, uh, things that you want to share as a tribe, I want to just open it up here. So I'm going to take, um, I'm going to put this on Q&A. So we're on Q&A mode right now. What I'd love to do is just hear from you. Is there anyone that's on the phone uh, that has tried this out or has, has done this before? Uh, or is, is there anyone that has a goal they want to share but they're really excited to accomplish and achieve and is going to begin to implement some, some of the principles that we talked about today? Um, we're, we're open for you. I want to hear your comments and your questions. Uh, we're on Q&A mode right now. So to jump on the queue, just go ahead and press star six right now. All right, looks like we've got our first caller. Uh, phone number ending in 4516. Go ahead. Hi, this is Catherine. Hey, Catherine, how are you? Good. So um, I, my, I was lucky enough that my husband worked for Franklin Covey for like six years. So um, I was able to go to a lot of the trainings and learn the four disciplines of execution. And so I had this wildly important goal of of, of you know, losing, you know, like 10 pounds or 5 pounds or whatever it was because um, we were going to go to President's Club in Hawaii. So um, I, you know, set the goal and um, created a scoreboard. And, um, it, like, having that scoreboard was so awesome and crucial just to kind of see my progress and, um, and the goals that I had set daily, you know, like going to the gym or, um, you know, eating less or whatever, eating more healthy and stuff like that. So 
that was a four-month goal, and I was able um, to accomplish it, and and I got there, and was, it was awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that. I love, love that you shared that. What are you? Is there anything that you're working on right now uh, that that you're kind of implementing the same type of type of ideas and, and principles in? Yeah. So um, my sister started a um, a business. Uh, it's called Trula Skincare. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Um, but anyways, so I'm the co-founder and has helped her build her business. Well, she recently, about two months ago, um, decided to go to direct sales, and it is taking off. So I'm starting to jump on board with that. So that is something that I'm working towards right now. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, I'm excited to hear about how it goes. Keep us keep us uh, up to speed on the tri-page and hear about kind of your progress with that. And good work. Thanks. All right. Thanks for sharing. All right. Again, if anyone has anything else that you want to share uh, in terms of a goal that you're looking to accomplish or if there's something that's kind of keeping you from it, you feel like you're just not quite getting there and you need some help with it, uh, I'm, I'm here. I'd love to field any questions, comments there, or concerns you might have and see if we can help, help you get through it. Uh, but go ahead and press star six if you want to jump in the queue. We've got a couple more minutes here. All right, we've got phone number ending in 8189. Who do we have? Hi, Stephen. This is Christina. Hey, Christina. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Fantastic. Thank you. What can I help you with? So after listening to this, I realize that I feel that I am stuck in all interests. Okay. I I found that through this, um, everything in my life I'm only interested in. I don't think I'm committed to anything other than taking my kids to school, ballet, and gymnastics and giving them food. Um, But everything else... I'm not committed. So how do I get out of this rut of just having interest to changing all these interests which are important to me to um, actually doing them? First of all, uh, thank you for jumping on. I really appreciate you being willing to get on because I'm I'm guessing there are probably other people in a similar situation that are on this call. And uh, isn't it true that, you know, it, sometimes, sometimes the hardest thing is just speaking up and, and, and just even identifying uh, where, where we're sitting right now. So mm-hmm. here's a couple of things that I would recommend. And this is probably a, a little bit more than we can handle for this call, meaning time-wise. But a couple of things that okay. I want to suggest to you to do. Number one, take some time to, to sit in silence. And if money weren't an issue, and if time weren't an issue... What are what is what is like deep down? What is the one thing that you know that you were meant to do? And, and I'm talking about outside of being a mother and outside of being a wife and all those things, right? What is like, what is that what is that thing that that burning desire that you have to accomplish? Because I do believe that that we all have it. Um, I believe that most of us suppress it or try to forget about it because at some point in our life we thought, oh, I can't do that. That's too big, or I can't do that because I have all these other things that I have to do too. And my belief is that your family and, you know, your, your obligations and, and duties, and we love those as well, those, those are all going to continue to move forward. And Absolutely, you don't want to forget those and you don't want to drop those. 
And at the same time, there's other things that you can do alongside of that. There are other wildly important goals. Actually, in the book, it talks about, because this book was kind of written for the corporate world, you know, and, and for these corporate, uh, these individuals inside of a corporation who have to still deal with their nine-to-five, but then outside of their nine-to-five, how do they move the company goals forward or some of their own personal goals forward in, in, in lieu of or, you know, in the face of the whirlwind, they call it, you know, which is very accurate. And the whirlwind oftentimes sucks us back in, and, and the whirlwind is important, and it has to have attention, but how do we, you know, how do we get outside that and also focus on what we want? So, so first of all, Christina, I would say um, identify what your, what your true passion is. And the, the best way to identify it is to get into a clear space, ground, and then ask, what is my passion? What do I, what do I want? Like, what is, the, what is the biggest thing that I want to do? What are my unique talents and, goal, uh, talents and abilities? So write a couple things down. What are my unique talents and abilities? What is my, where is my passion and personality lie? And how do, those, how do those interact? Again, my unique talents and abilities and my passion and personality, and how do those interact? And then, and then my values and beliefs. So those three different categories, my unique talents and abilities, my passions and personality, and my values and beliefs. And if you can find where those three areas intersect, where those three areas actually come together, and you ask the question, what, is, what, what would be for me a wildly important goal that I want to accomplish in the intersection of those three areas, then, then you're, I think you're on your path. So here's what I want to challenge you to do, Christina, and I'd like to hear back from you. I'd love you to, to, to you know, shoot me a message on Facebook or something and let me know. I want you to, to work on that today. Is that something you, you can do today? I will try my hardest. <laughs> okay, let me ask you another question. Is that something that you will do today? <sighs> <laughs> that was the same question. So, here, here's, <laughs> so, so here's the thing, Christina. When do you want, when do you want to do when do you want to achieve whatever is your biggest and greatest goal? I think my heart is saying that. I'm, I'm assuming that my husband will tell me, and he's probably right, that I'm just making up excuses, but feeling like I don't even have time to myself to do any of these things, Yeah. if that makes sense. Oh, oh it absolutely makes sense, and, and it's absolutely a limiting belief. And, and, I'm, and, I, and, I'm, and I mean that. I'm, I'm saying that for real. Yeah. It is a limiting belief that's holding you in the space right now of thinking, I don't have enough time, or thinking, I don't even have a real goal. I don't, I don't, have, mm-hmm. a, I don't have a big desire. I don't have a big, everyone does. You've just suppressed it. So my, my invitation to you, so let me ask you a question. It, would it be possible for you to find 10 minutes today? Yes. In the 10 minutes, can you, find, can you find 10 minutes alone where it's silent? Yes. I mean, could you? Does this mean to, I can't? I can't be driving in the car. I need to actually like sit down and not be doing anything. I, that's correct. Okay, I will make an extra effort to do that. And I will tell you, even though I, I would recommend you not driving in the car, you can go take a walk. Okay. Okay. So if you will take ten, maybe fifteen minutes by yourself, then I want you to ask some questions. Do you have that pen and paper? 
yes. Let me finish okay. washing my hands real quick. And everybody else, everybody else do the same thing. Write down some of these questions, okay? Because this is important. Usually when we say, I don't know, the reality is we haven't asked or we're unwilling to ask. So what I want you to write down is, what do I want? What are my deepest desires? And that, put it maybe in parentheses, outside of family, right? Outside of your kids and your husband. What is what is what what is your what is my greatest what are what are and, and I want to be careful here because I understand that your family is one of your greatest purposes. I'm sure I, I'm the father of seven kids. They are my they are one of my greatest purposes. My wife and my relationship with her for me is one of my greatest purposes is to is to learn from her and to grow with her and to help her with the things that she desires and loves and and vice versa. So that's that is a that is one of my purposes. But I have others as well that, that are outside of just that. And that's not to diminish those. Those are highly important and amazing. And there's, there's, there are other things as well. You are given a very unique set of gifts, talents, abilities, and all those, those three categories that we talked about. So where do those meet up? And ask that question. Where do those three categories meet? And where the, do those three categories? Which three categories? Oh, sorry. Me, my kids, and my husband? No, no, no. Your unique talents and gifts, talents and abilities. That's okay. category one. Your passions and personality is category two. And then your values and beliefs is category three. Okay. So where do those three categories hit? And that's where you need to focus. Okay. So will you ask yourself those questions today? Yes. Okay. And after you ask yourself those, those questions, I want you to reach out to me, okay, on Facebook. Okay. Awesome. Will you do that? Yes. Okay, good. That's a good answer. I like that. I like, I like yeses. Thank you. No's. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, Christine. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right, everybody. Well, that ends our call today. Thank you so much for your participation. Thanks for being on. Uh, thanks for being attentive. Um, let's, let's get after it. Let's, let's get after our goals. Let's move forward in a way that we've never moved forward before. Let's, let's be productive in our actions today. And with that, I want to go ahead and end this call with our, with our typical I am limitless. And let's give a huge I am limitless. I want to hear some energy. I want to feel the energy today. And so a huge I am limitless. I'm going to unmute everyone here in just a second. Yeah. I just didn't want to All right. On, on the count of three, I am limitless. One, two, three. I am limitless. I am limitless.